Thank you for joining me on the latest episode of Momentum Moments podcast. I wanted to share with you the conversation I had with four of our broker partners and our latest Momentum 101. We spent an hour talking about the true cost of starting up an insurance brokerage. I'm Alistair Body, Business Development Director here at Momentum Broker Solutions. The focus on starting up has been predominantly around the capital outlay and has really ignored the wider needs of a startup and hasn't considered the bigger picture. Today, we hope to obviously address this. Despite the economic challenges in the UK at the moment, the statistics and the level of activity clearly show that there is a huge move towards self-employment in the insurance broking world. Year-on-year, inquiry levels for momentum have risen by more than 55%. This time last year, we had taken on two new startups. So far in 2023, momentum has already partnered with 10 and conservatively expect a further 10 before the year is out. This webinar isn't a sales pitch for Momentum. The panelists agreed to attend on the basis that they could just simply tell it as it was. Warts and all, and without any of the window dressing, which I'm sure you're pleased to hear. All of our panel have started their business in the last 12 months and are right in the midst of re-establishing their client base and building a sustainable level of income. It's nice to hear a dog in the background. Just to reassure you, your attendance is confidential and the other attendees can see who else is on the webinar. You'll see the chat functionality is available to use. If you want to ask any questions, you can click on your initials or name in the corner of the screen and edit your name to just your initials or whatever you prefer. After a brief introduction to our panelists, I'll move straight into the questions. We do have a few pre-submitted questions, so thank you to those who have sent those across. We'll endeavor to cover off all the questions that come in, but if we can't get to them all, I will be able to pick these up separately after the webinar if you send me an email direct. I'll specifically set aside some time after this webinar to host 15 calls with any attendees who wish to chat things through while it's fresh on their mind. If you want to take advantage of these, there is a QR code on the screen at the moment, which you can capture with your mobile phone, and it will take you straight to the page to book these in. Alternatively, we will put a link into the chat later, which you can just go straight through to. So let's introduce our panel. A very, very warm welcome to who we've got today. Uh, Nathan Riddle from Riddle and Riddle. Morning. Matt Thomas. Morning, Nathan. Matt Thomas from MTIB. Welcome from Wales. Hi. Matt Meader from Meader Risk in Hertfordshire. Thanks, Matt. And Tom Taylor from Fox Hill over there in uh, Suffolk. Thanks and welcome, Tom. Right. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. So, look, what, if it's okay with you, we'll just jump straight into the question. So, the first one, and I'll uh, grab you, Matt Meader, if that's okay. Yeah. When when you made the decision to go alone, what did it feel like for you? Oof. Um, every emotion uh, under the sun: excitement, nerves, anxiety, um, everything. Absolutely everything. You know, no one can prepare you for. You know, you get told all the emotions you might feel. Um, no one can prepare you for how extreme they actually are. But um, excitement was the was the the overriding one. I remember us joking in the coffee shop when we first met Matt and you were, I said, you go say to your other half that you've just agreed to start up. And uh, that's exactly what you did. How, how was that message received when you went home? Um, shock. Shock. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it really hit home. I think it was sort of, she, she considered it a joke at first. <laughs> um, although I've been talking about it, but you know, once we spoke it through it, it, it just made complete sense. Excellent. 
Um, we'll continue on the Matt theme today. Matt Thomas, what was it like when you made the decision to go go alone? How did it feel for you? Similar emotions to what Matt's spoken about there, but at the same time, um, I'd been thinking about it quietly for a while, so it sort of came to came to a head, um, and it felt like the right time for me. Um, even though those, those emotions were all going on, it still felt like I wanted to do it that much that not that they didn't matter those feelings but it, it still felt like it was going to be worth it um and in terms of my other half uh when i told her that i was making the decision she basically said well that's what i've been telling you to do for a few years <laughs> so it, i'd finally finally made her happy <laughs> so oh, brilliant. Uh, yeah <laughs> nathan what about yourself um yeah i mean they've they've kind of got all of the the same emotions and feelings and everything that i think that that I experienced and I think anyone else in the same kind of position would also kind of experience as well. Um, again, you get told how you're going to feel and what to expect and things like that. But until you kind of take that first step and kind of, uh, you know, take the jump and, and go for it, you don't really kind of, you know, fully feel those, those feelings uh, until you actually uh, experience them. Excellent. And Tom, if I can sort of shift the question a little bit uh, for you is, you know, we, we had um, some really, really interesting conversations um, in the early days when you were trying to get your head around whether this the right was the right thing for you. Um, how did you get your head around whether self-employment was the right option for, for you? Uh, it was a gradual process, really. I found myself in a role at the time that, you know, having worked for a small local broker for a number of years, I I found my lifestyle role, if that makes sense. So I effectively sat in the corner of my broker's office and I was given, like, effectively legitimacy to do what I wanted to do. Uh, that broker was then acquired by one of the main consolidators and despite being told that nothing would change, everything changed. Um, and so... With that change, obviously, came sort of like a shift in mindset for me, thinking like, right, okay, uh, how do I want to do this? What do I want to do? Where do I want to take this and go forwards? All of these things turning over in your mind, you know, all, all the emotions, I'm sure the other three gents on air probably went through as part of their uh, setting up process. Um, it was it was something that, you know, it, it became easier to come to that sort of like decision to do this and to move over by virtue of the fact that my personal circumstances and my professional circumstances alongside that had changed somewhat. So um, uh, am I even answering the question here? Or have I just gone off on a tangent? No, I think you have. And, and us, you definitely have. Thanks, Tom. I think, and if we shift that forward, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking in the, in the build up to you starting and um, you had a longer than most, uh, what's the notice period of six months, but when you shift that forward into the, the first day when you're Monday morning and today's the day when you actually start your own business, what was that first day like? Uh, genuinely, 50% terrifying, 50% <laughs> exhilarating. Uh, it's 9am, you've got a completely blank sheet of paper and you're presented with an open road. It's like, right, what do I do? You know, uh, And I can sit here all day and do absolutely nothing and very nice too, indeed that will be. But if I do nothing nothing happens so on that first day it's it's kind of like coming to terms with the fact that everything you do from this point here on is is yours and yours alone you know uh i suppose in layman's terms it's coming to the realization that you know it's absolutely a question of getting out what you put in so go out there make those phone calls tap up all those old leads that you might have dealt with over the years anyone anything anyone any 
any individual you might have had any dealings with in any insurance capacity that falls outside of the covenant restrictions, make contact with them. Tell them that you're in the game, this is what you're doing. And really stress, you know, if you like, the importance of you being out there and doing it by yourself, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And Matt, you know, you went through a very similar story, covenants in place. That first day must have felt like a bit of a blank sheet of paper. But to be fair, you did a lot of planning in advance of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, we, we had a conversation before I started. Um, I didn't know what to do. You know, if you would have asked me before, what's your first day going to look like? I don't know. I've, I've come from a, a big corporate. I would have had six or seven meetings in the diary internally. Um, and I, I sat there and thought, right, what do I do? But just like Tom said, you, you can sit there and do nothing, which is great. Um, but when you realise that actually you can make a lot more for yourself by actually putting the work in, um, it very quickly falls into place. Excellent. And um, now things were slightly different for you, Matt Thomas, in regards to your uh, first first week or so. Um, you know, how did you how did you address that first day when you? You've left the, the wonderful world of employment and you're, and you're now sitting at home alone. Well, as you say, I was in a bit more of a fortunate position um, in that I had, um, I had some clients that I was, I was looking after. Um, so I had something to start with. Um, on that first day, actually, my computer broke. So that was <laughs> something totally unexpected. Um, so that was, that was a, real, a real hiccup. But um, yeah got over that quite quickly and as i say because i had that sort of client base to to work with i was in a bit more of a fortunate position but still over time i've i've i quickly came to the, the same conclusion that you you get out what you put into this business um it Ex gives you that that power and control to to look after yourself basically um and if you've got a family to feed you're going to do it excellent um and if we move on to the the hot topic, which is obviously prompted today's webinar, it's it's you know what is the actual cost it's actually taken to start up your business? I mean, you, and I suppose if you think back in time when you first thought about setting up, you know, you might have some perceptions about what it might take to get the business off the ground and make it work for you. But so if we can start with you, Matt, since you're on the screen at the moment, what what, what did it actually cost you to get up and running? Well, in in terms of as you say, when I first started thinking about it the potential the thoughts of the potential costs was so off-putting that it was it was almost a non-starter because I, I did some sort of research search online and even just getting sort of loose numbers you, i just think in the position i was in i wouldn't be able to afford to do it um and obviously over time you and i got talking um I explored the ar route um and then just came to the realization that it, it might be a lot more achievable um and then the costs themselves are very minimal um, compared to what I thought they would be. And I mean, the whole the whole point is that I wouldn't have done it otherwise. Um, mm. Because as I say, it was such a barrier to start with that it was almost putting me off. Well, it was putting me off. It was, it was just making it go to the back of my mind again. And I suppose you might not want to specifically say what it cost yourself because everybody's circumstances are different. But could you give us a ballpark about what you think it actually cost in physical outlay? Um, in those first few weeks to get going, compliance, etc., um, in the low four figures. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, what about you, Nathan? Yeah, like thanks, Brian. Matt. What about you, Nathan? Um, again, I I set up uh, probably just over about six months ago now. So I think it was kind of 
first to second week of December. Um, and it was it was at that kind of period. It was everyone was kind of slowing down with with you know Christmas and things. So um, trying to get out there, contact clients and things like that wasn't really you know on the top of everyone's list to try and sort before the Christmas rush. Um, and in, in kind of terms of, of setting up and things like that, I'd done some research beforehand. Um, and you know, you see all sorts of figures online of you know, there's this route, there's that route. You can go AR or you can go directly authorized, and there's all different compliance depending on which route you'd like to go down. Um, and yeah, I was seeing figures of um, yeah, a, f a few thousand, um, you know, from 50,000 as well up to 100,000. You know, it all depended on what route you wanted to go down. So when you and I started talking, um, and we were looking down at the AR route. Um, again, it was a, a few thousand um, to, to get you up and running, and you know, then the, you know, you can make it how you how you want it to be. You don't have to to do the directly authorised route and outlay you know thousands of thousands of pounds just to to kind of get to your first day. And so, I suppose putting some context into that for you, Matt Meader. I mean, what was your actual, what did you actually need to buy or, or outlay money on if, if, to, to get the business going, Matt? Yeah, so I'm actually a bit of a spreadsheet geek um, and I have every every cost to the penny of what it actually cost me to, to set up. And before this call, I actually had a look at it and I genuinely couldn't believe um, how little I spent. I needed to buy a laptop um, and in buying that laptop, it was over half of the actual total cost of what I spent to get set up. So if I didn't need that laptop um, and, I, and I had the, the IT equipment already, you know, uh, I've got the website, um, business cards. But again, you know, do people use business cards anymore? So is that a cost you actually need? Um, website hosting and some accounting software. You know, I've got my accountant. but I've, I use um, an accounting software. And that was it. That was it. And if you don't mind me asking, what was the number on that in the end, in the end Matt? Uh, the, the, so in the end, the total spend, £2,177.88p. You clearly like your spreadsheets, Matt. Yeah, and that, <laughs> again, that, that includes the laptop. So if you don't need one of those, then, you know, you're laughing. Yeah, brilliant. And Tom, finally with you, cost for you to start up? Very similar to Matt, to be quite honest with you, in layman's terms, to do this job with the setup we've got running with this AR model, you need a phone, you need a laptop, and that is about it. Okay. Um, now, in addition to that, uh, decided to get a, a geek, excuse the terminology, to set me up with a website. That was 700 quid. You can take a view on that, I believe. As Matt alluded to, business cards, I think I probably spent 100 quid on that maybe and the same again on some headed paper which it turns out uh of the two and a half thousand sheets of paper but i've used six so far so that was a good expense um i think in addition to that some I just, i've taken the decision as well to employ a bookkeeper um on a subcontract basis that's 80 quid a month she's an absolute godsend and i suppose at some point i'll need to employ an accountant too uh which again is going to be a small cost but the figure that matt gave there of 2k i would suggest i'm about um at about a similar sort of level, give or take a few quid. It's genuinely nowhere near as much as you might think. Interestingly as well, you know, Nathan alluded to obviously the uh, the idea of going completely independently, simply having done some research on that. The cost of getting agencies set up, getting compliance, and indeed purchasing PI is absolutely prohibitive. You, just, you know, it, for me, in my circumstances, and I suspect with many others, you just can't do it. 
Whereas using this particular AR model, it's absolutely, well, it's, it's doable. It's sustainable. Um, it's, for me, it was a total no-brainer. Um, and Matt Mida, um, from your point of view, did you consider the uh, the direct authorization route as an option for you to get this business off the ground? Uh, considered, yes, but you know, as soon as I looked into it, like the other guys have said, it was just a no. You know, that when when you sort of when you start thinking about setting up your own business, I think that's the model that you have in mind because the AR model, um, obviously, recently it's, it's come to the forefront, but I didn't really know about it. Um, so I sort of just thought that it would never happen and I'd be an accountant exec uh, for, for the next 40 years. But no, as soon as I found out about the AR model um, and we spoke, it was very quickly put to the back of my mind that it was only going to be the AR route. And, and so thinking about obviously joining Momentum and partnering with us, what what did Momentum offer you that enabled you to get yourself up and running from day one? What 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 was the critical parts of partnering with someone like us that enable you to effectively start up for a minimum outlay mm. and minimum fuss? So it, what surprised me the most was how much hand-holding there, there was. Um, I'm not a creative person. Um, I knew what I wanted a logo to look like, my branding, etc., but... I, I could never put that down on a piece of paper. Um, so everything, you know, I, I, I met with you, but then I met with the team and it was right. What, what do you want it to look like? Here's eight to 10 ideas. You know, here's your letterhead. Here's your business card design. Everything was, whilst I had full control, everything was taken off my plate. I just had to, to, to put my ideas out there and it was all done for me. And, and Nathan, looking specifically at you, what, what is it that, you know, that, you needed in addition to obviously some outlay to get your business going yeah i mean so it's the the initial outlay to to get it all up and running and things but um yeah mentioned a, a few minutes ago it was the, the handhelding um the the kind of momentum and yourself and the team offered as well uh, going into something like this there's so many there's so many different kind of things to consider when when setting it up and it was always at the back of my mind, what have I missed? What haven't I done? Have I thought about this? Have I thought about that? And, you know, any, anything that I had, if, if I was led in bed at nine, ten o'clock at night thinking, oh, I haven't done this, or what about this? I could just drop you a message or drop the team a message and they would be able to guide me in the right direction to say, right, yes, you need to do this or you can do this. Um, so for me, it was the, the guidance from Momentum and yourself and, and the rest of the team that if I was unstuck on on anything or unsuring anything or needed needed anything, it was just an email away, a phone call away, and you know it was taken care of. And and pushing back to you, Tom, we we talk about momentum. It's a term that not everyone's familiar with, but being a turnkey solution. So effectively having everything ready to go. So whilst there's a few things that sit within your remit to get sorted. You know, what else did you need to, on that first day, to be up and trading and to be able to, when that first inquiry came through, be able to put on cover and, and get on with it? Yeah, I think, again, it's another of the points I sort of like touching already in terms of compliance. You know, all of the compliance is taken taken care of. Uh, your professional indemnity is taken care of. Your training is taken care of, which means that, you know, you're in a position to kick off from day one. When the first inquiry lands, you know, straight away there's access there to the broking team. Uh, you know, you've got the broking team behind you. And... I think on that point, you know, having spent 
20 years undertaking the majority of my broken myself you're obviously a little bit cautious wary even about how how it's going to uh, manifest you know how the how the whole process of uh delegating your handling to a third party will work but actually uh as uh, you know matt Mead alludes to there as with everything else that momentum have done it's very straightforward you pick up the phone you send a presentation over and then the team do all of your broken for you and fundamentally you know you've got a team of experienced professionals there who will help and will assist with the placing of the business uh, genuinely it's uh, it's it's really good it's really straightforward it's easy yeah no brilliant and and matt thomas going on to you in regards to the same question about you know what are the tools and what are the what, what are the services and support that you needed from day one well um as tom said then the broken from day one um has been been excellent but also you've got access to the computer system that well certainly i've been using for years so it felt like a home from home um so on that first day that when the computer finally worked it was <laughs> great to just be able to log on and you just felt i felt like i was in the best possible way doing the same as i was doing before it just felt like a smooth transition and that was a real headache taken away um so yeah the, the broken and the access to market um is is one of the main the main factors um of, of choosing momentum really and continuing on that, Matt, um, you know, Nathan mentioned the whole, you know, it, what about this? What about that? Have I have I considered these other bits and pieces that are that are fundamentally important to get my business up and running? Presumably, you had a very similar sort of thought process around that stuff in regards to what's going on, and oh, should I, I be doing whatever? I did, yeah, because I've got no experience in in setting up, and obviously, momentum um, has got that that trading record of doing it and you've come across issues before that you you know how to solve that that i wouldn't on my own the other thing that i find reassuring was the the, the uh, opportunity to talk to ars that were already on board um i find that really a, a useful tool um because you're hearing it from the horse's mouth people who've done it before successfully yeah and and since obviously we've um obviously been working together you've had numerous calls with people considering doing it themselves haven't you Matt? Yeah. Yeah. And and it and it must be quite reassuring that the same things they're going through is the same issues that you've had in the past. Yeah. Well it just just follows say it goes back to that same point that momentum are, are there to be leaned on. Um to to well, help you both succeed, I suppose. Excellent. And Tom, shifting back to you, um, you talked about, I suppose, this not knowing what's going to be involved in regards to getting your business up and running. Um, you know, what was the perception and, 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 and the reality? How did they compare to each other? Goodness. Um, the perception prior to beginning was, and again, I've touched on this already, was was quite intimidating you know it's quite overwhelming i think you know running alongside that is the excitement of doing it all you know you're taking this massive step this massive leap into the unknown and you know you're really quite unsure as to how it's going to work and how it's going to manifest um and here we are eight months into it and you still have those fears and those worries about you know that it might go on with their receiving now um and i think for me you know what i found over the last eight months is that i've moved from a mindset of thinking is this going to work with all of the associated worries and concerns that things i've moved from that mindset into a how well is this going to work now and coming to that realization is genuinely one of the most uplifting experiences of my entire life you know realizing that you know you have a sustainable business here it can work it will work 
How far are you going to go with it? Where's it going to, where, where can this go now? And genuinely, that's exciting. Uh, and that that right now, I think, you know, that's the reality of where I am with this right now. You know, you're looking forward to eight months into the uh, into the process and, and just thinking, well, where do I want to take this? What do I want to do with this now? Where do I want to go? Uh, do I do I go down the lifestyle route, or do I become the next Peter Cullum, for argument's sake? <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's you know perhaps not not to that extent, but it's, it's it's genuinely exciting to have that that crossroads ahead of you. No, brilliant to hear. Um, I suppose, and this is a question to all four of you: um, is you know what you know the the none of you have done this before. Um, none of you have probably when you started this journey had any experience of starting a business or, or understanding what it took and and the reality is as you look back at it now and uh, I can imagine the reality versus the perception well before you started is is a very very different space isn't it gents yeah yeah, yeah I um, it's all about probably just asking those questions and certainly I, I think I speak on behalf of everybody here that if you do think that this is something that could work for you you really need to reach out to i'm sure all four of these gentlemen would happily take a call from you and tell you about exactly their journey and 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 what you should be thinking about and what you know you you should be considering from a personal point of view so um you know really really important step in the process but you know don't let the preconceptions and what you see online or the the intimidation that unfortunately social media provides a lot of these days uh, affect your own judgment call so um thanks mm -hmm. gents i really appreciate that um so cash flow, we're going to bring it into cash flow, and I will probably bring it directly to you, Tom, if that's okay. But um, in those first few months, you know, going back to your your blank sheet of paper and uh, sitting at your desk and thinking to myself, what am I going to do between nine and five? Not that many people work nine to five these days, but you know, it was all important about getting some money into the bank. So you would have done some preparation, Tom, in regards to getting your finances in a position. So do you want to just talk us through a little bit about that? Not go right into the detail, clearly. but how Yeah, there's, there's kind of two facets to it, really, Alistair. I think the first point is making sure that you've got enough cash behind you to pay the mortgage, quite simply, you know. Um, there is, you know, unless you're an absolutely exceptional salesman, the reality is you need to prepare for the worst uh, for the first few months. Um, so, you know, make sure that you've got cash in the bank to pay the mortgage for three months, six months, however long it might be. Running parallel to that, you know, something I found to be most useful as part of the process was, you know, preparation, the preparation of a business plan, you know, outlining where you thought the business was going to be in three months, in six months, or in my case, you know, upon conclusion of covenant after 12 months, you know, setting yourself a target, be that a monthly target, a quarterly target or an annual target, whatever it might be. Uh, and in my case, it was a question of providing myself with a challenging but realistic target. And then be honest with yourself, you know, what are your outlays at home? You know, what is the mortgage? What is the car lease? However it might be. Um, do all of that stuff, you know. And then, you know, put yourself in a situation where, you know, you're honest with yourself, you've got it there in black and white, and you can make an informed decision on whether or not it's going to work. I think, again, you know, running alongside that, again, with momentum, Alistair, you and I had several chats about this. Momentum are in a position, uh, if needed, to assist you with a degree of funding. Um, you know, having that peace of mind there and that security behind you that, you know, if it, you are finding the first few months slow, uh, you're finding it challenging that, you know, it isn't necessarily game over, far from it. You know, Momentum, see this partnership with you as a, as exactly that, you're doing this as a team. Your success is incumbent upon their success too. Uh, and, you know, fundamentally, if you both make it work, then everybody benefits. So for me, I think, you know, that's, that's something I would definitely encourage anyone looking to do this. 
to have that conversation with the guys at Momentum to, to see what to do and how to take it forwards. Excellent. And Matt Thomas, if we can move to you on that question. So you're in a slightly different position where you had the luxury of picking up some existing clients from day one. Um, so your funding needs were probably slightly different, but all the same, still really, really important to get the cash flow right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was one of the ways in which Momentum uh, assisted, keeping me um, well informed about a realistic um, budget and business plan, because again, I'd not really done a business plan before. Um, so it, it was more about having those realistic conversations with, with the guys at Momentum. Um, in terms of um, needing that that contingent cash, um, cash flow, sorry, um, same as Tom was saying, they still got to pay the mortgage. I've got a young family, so um, it could have been the wrong time to, to do it. Um, but that comes back to to having the um, the want to do it at this particular time. Um, and those first few weeks, that was the biggest anxiety was was the uh, the cash flow and the budgeting uh, about where business is going to come from. Even though I had, um, as you say, a, a, an existing client base to work with, as time's gone on. That's less of a concern, although it's still definitely something to keep an eye on um, as you build your business. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and we're staying with you, Matt, if you don't mind. Uh, Matt, if you don't mind, is is you're a few months in now. I mean, um, when did you start? Remind me. You September. So, September. So you're you're a yeah. similar sort of time as Tom in regards to eight months in. So what keeps you up at night at the moment, or if anything, other than kids? Um, <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it keeps me up at night, but the um, the thing I get sort of most anxious about is um, the fact that you you haven't got a guaranteed payment coming in at the end of the month unless you do something about it. Um, and that's less of an anxiety now than it was six months ago, absolutely. But it's still something you have to keep an eye on. Um, Momentum's accounting um, system assists with that because it's it's clear it's accessible um so it's you, you've just got to make it part of your business practice it, it's something you keep keeping an eye on um yeah, no. the other thing i sometimes get anxious about is um the fact that it's all on you when you're running your own business i mean that's part of the the um the positive of running your own business is that you, you are autonomous or, or close to that but you you've got to take responsibility for your actions and that all is taken care of if you you're getting out there and, and doing business brilliant nathan um yeah I, I remember when we first started talking you were very very cool calm and collect about the whole thing um i'm sure there were some anxious moments for you but you know looking now looking back at what six months in what's 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 keeping you uh, up at night if anything and what's how's those anxiety levels uh, again uh similar there's not a lot keeping me up at night. There is obviously the things of where you're you are running your own business, and um, you know you don't get paid unless you work. And it is, you know, there, there's quite a lot of pressure on you as an individual when you first set up. That you know, if you don't stick to a routine, you know, if you think, oh, you know, I haven't got anything booked in for the rest of the week, I'm gonna have a, a line until nine, ten o'clock. You know, that's no good because you need to keep into the routine. Of which I've I've been in for a couple of years now, and you know if you find a spare half an hour or an hour, you can then utilise that time to you know catch up on your CPD or make some phone calls or go and drop some business cards off and just generate that 
that engagement out there, letting people know that you're out there doing social media posts and, and things like that. Um, it is nervy setting up on your own because, yeah, if, if you don't do anything, I've got mortgage to pay, I've got bills to pay, um, and, and the rest of it, like uh, everyone else has. And it's going away from that 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 income each month, that guaranteed payment um, from when you are employed to when you are on your own. There, there is no one there to, to you know, there is no guaranteed payment coming. So unless you unless you work, you know, you're not going to get paid. Uh, and again, I just want to touch on what the, the other chap said and, you know, having the, the, the financial backing of momentum, if you needed it, really kind of helped call some of those nerves as well, um, especially in the first couple of months, setting up, you know, a week or two before Christmas and, you know, going into the new year uh, where, you know, insurance really wasn't on, on people's minds at that time. So thinking, you know, you know, the mortgage comes out and all the bills come out, where am I going to get this money from for January, February and March? Um, so, um, so yeah, that, that kind of helps settle the nerves quite, quite a bit as well. No, thank you for that. Um, moving to you, Matt, Mita, um, you, know, you know, what's keeping you up at night, if anything? Um, so the only thing keeping me up at night really is finances. Um, you know, I think I alluded at the beginning that the sort of roller coaster of emotions, you know, I'm doing okay. This is the end of my 12th week. Um, and I've, it, it started far above budget. You know, I'm, I'm well ahead of budget, but you still have those worries, you know, well, what if nothing comes in between now and the end of the year? Um, so finances, but the other thing I also struggled with quite a bit, especially at the beginning, and this is something I was warned about, which is why I always say, if anyone says you're going to have these thoughts, listen to them and believe them, is adjusting to the new flexibility. The other Friday, I sort of sat there and it was half past three and I'd had a really busy day. And I thought, what am I doing sitting here at half past three when I'm not doing anything? You know, I'm not going to get hold of anyone. I've had a good day. And I found it really hard to quite literally move away from my desk because I have this nine to five mentality still that, you know, I've got to be seen sitting here. So that sort of keeps me up a little bit in terms of I'm trying to almost force myself to adjust that I don't need to be that person anymore. So it's it's more of a constant battle in your head between, look, I left the corporate scene. I didn't want to be a part of it no more. But how do I drop it? So it, it's more just a constant fight to adjust. Um, and I spoke to one of the other ARs the other week about it, and, and he said it took him 12 months, so don't panic. I think we've got to bring the question on to Tom Taylor at this point, isn't it? When me, me and Tom, 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 Tom is an absolute, well, I say nine to five, but that's not giving you justice. To, you know, Tom, I know you like to do a day's work. Um, and we had some conversations, funny enough, in the early days when I said, like, well, you know, what, what, what have you done today? What have you achieved? And what's the plan for the afternoon? And, and there was this real, what's the word for it? I don't know, handcuffs to the desk, wasn't there, Tom? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. And it's, I'll just echo everything Matt said there. It's a, it's a real challenge, or it was a real challenge for me to, to recognise that actually with running your own business comes the freedom to, to do what you want, really. Um, and there were times in the early days where, you know, you've made 20, 30, 40, however many sales calls, and you've got your leads coming in off the back there, which is which is all well and good. And yet you do the sales course, and you like, well, that, that's done now. And then you, you find yourself in a little bit of a loose end. It's like, well, what should I do? And, you know, kind of like this, this inherent guilt 
that came at points with just realising that you were twiddling your thumbs sometimes. Um, and then from speaking speaking to you, it was actually a question, well, no, Tom, you're not twiddling your thumbs. This this is the benefit, you know, this is the bonus that comes with running your own business. And, you know, I remember you saying to me, Alice, you know, if you want to go and walk the dog, go and walk the dog. You want to pick the kids up, go and pick the kids up, you know. If you want to go and hit a load of golf balls badly at right angles over into the field <laughs> next door, go and do it. Who, who cares, you know. And this is the point. I think it's, you know, it's something that you don't recognise until you enter the process is actually, you know, running your own business gives you the freedom. It provides you the liberty to go out and to do this. And at the end of the day, if the numbers work, you know, and if you've had a good month or even if you've had a bad month, it doesn't really matter. You know, step away from it sometimes, you know, recognise that, you know, you are the boss now. This is incumbent upon you to to run your business as you see fit. You know, go and have that beer, you know, go and have it all, you know, more healthily, go and have that run, do whatever you want to do. And it's, uh, it's interesting that, you know, Matt alluded to one of the other, I think it took him 12 months. I, I still struggle with this at times, you know, the, the guilt that comes with it. Um, it's getting a little easier you know, as, as, as time passes, but 100%, you know, it's, it's something that I, I, I do still struggle with at the times, you know. It's, it's a curious one. Well, it's amazing when you start getting guilty about not doing the job when you're your own boss, isn't it? But fundamentally, mm-hmm. that's that's what, what you've been built on for however many years you've been working in that environment. Um, and, and I suppose just continuing that theme about constraint, uh, sorry, about um, the benefits and, the, and, and to be fair, the... Um, the negatives, I suppose, about starting your own brokerage. Matt Thomas, you know, um, regularly I can't get hold of you because of squash and golf. No, I'm, 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 I, I jest. I, I clearly do. Oh, but, absolutely um, not true. But talk us about <laughs> the, pro, the, the pros and cons of, of, of basically starting your own business. Well, as the other the guys have alluded to there, the flexibility <laughs> um, is, uh, is one of the main reasons that I wanted to do it in the first place um i wanted to have some working from home time um I ended up with five days working from home which uh, care for what you wish for um but it was that flexibility to start with that got me sort of on this journey if you like um and that's certainly one of the benefits now as tom says if i want to pick the kids up from school or um finish early or start late the the main point to counteract that is if you're looking after your clients um and bringing, bringing business in and renewing business and the clients are getting the service they need off you, then then why can't you do that? Um, yeah, no. So that's, any, that's any, definitely any, the, the main pro, the flexibility. Any cons or any negatives about being self-employed? Um, well, we've, we've already spoken about the security of the guaranteed payment. Obviously, that was a, a bit of a, um, a tie is, is letting go, obviously, of the, the perks of being employed, so paid holidays or pension or whatever it might be but over time those sort of feelings subside because because of what i've just said the flexibility um momentum will support you if you want time off because everyone needs some time off um so that's one factor um say if you wanted a week away i haven't done that yet but if i'm I'm told that they can take your calls they can support you as they would do while you're here so um that was that was reassuring to hear. Um, the one thing I would say is there's less insurance uh, insurer contact, which is um, definitely a pitfall. That I enjoyed the broker broken of, of um, policies and speaking to insurers, but again, because I've got such trust in the momentum team, that's now taken care of. 
and you've got more time to spend with your clients, which no doubt, or dare I say it, squash yeah, enough, or golf. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bring, it, bring it into your world, Matt uh, Meader, um, yeah. looking at the, the pros and cons of, 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 of making this um, jump to, to self-employment. What's it been like for you? Yeah, th- to be honest, without this trying to sound too too sort of cheesy, I don't see any negatives apart from the the financial side. You know, I, I looked after a lot of clients where I was previously. Um, for me to earn a similar wage, I probably need to look after 10, 15% of those, those clients. Um, I've always been a bit of a control freak, so I've always got my phone on me wherever I am anyway. So the whole the, the sort of whilst we all need a bit of downtime yes if, if you manage your calendar around your holidays then then you know it's, it's not so much of a negative but I get Matt's point that yeah sometimes you do need a few days where you're, you're uncontactable but then momentum step in and and field your calls and uh, and do that anyway so as I say apart from the the financial side there there isn't really a negative I think if you want to do this if you want to do this, you want to have your own business, you're doing it to get away from negatives of employment. So, you know, there shouldn't really be any negatives if if this is what you really want to do. Excellent. And um, keeping on the screen there, Matt, um, thinking Mm. about the constraints of covenant. So, you know, like most people who start, you're under covenant for 12 months and, you know, it's important that you obviously adhere to those. Um, Mm. But no doubt, you know, Clients are obviously aware of what's happened, I and mean, how how have they uh, effectively dealt with that? And uh, have they been very supportive? Yeah, so so uh, I've had quite a few reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, obviously, the covenant's there to be to, to it's there for a reason. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of them have, have been in touch to say, "I oh, see you've gone, congratulations," and I've sort of had to step away. Um, but I think that. So the space that I work in, the hospitality space, um, these guys have all taken risks. These guys have all set up on themselves. And I think that they recognize that. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'd like to think that they're going to support me in in the same way when the time comes. And and Tom, yourself, what about your, your old clients? Yeah, but very similar to what Matt said there, to be honest with you. Uh, I found myself in a position when I left my previous role, I was working a six-month notice period, which uh, involved a number of handover meetings. As part of those handover meetings, uh, you put, found yourself, or should I say, I found myself in a position where I was in a, able to explain to all of my customers why the handover was occurring and what I was doing. As Matt says, you know, I have no intention of messing around with covenant uh, restrictions. My pockets are nowhere near deep enough to fight the inevitable legal fight that would ensue. And I think also, again, you know, it's incumbent upon me to demonstrate a degree of respect to my previous employers, you know, that the covenant is there for a reason, as Matt says. And staying with you, Tom, I mean, you, you talk about sacrifices of starting up. And one of the things which me and you spend a lot of time talking about is about how you thrive on working in a office and being being around people. Now, I know you've got um, a solution around that in regards to where you work at the moment, but is there any sacrifices that you've had to make to start your business? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you touch on the isolation side of things there. Categorically, that's a concern. Um, I'm a, I'm a something of a social butterfly. You know, I very much thrive on like, you know, like, um, human contact uh 
And in the first, you know, certainly in the first instance, you know, that, that the loss of that immediate social contact, the office banter, the office buzz, if you will, took some getting used to. Um, you know, again, on that point, however, I would emphasise that, you know, momentum are always a phone call away. You're always a phone call away. You know, you know, the, the broken team are always there answering phone calls. You know, the broken manager, the broken director, they know this stuff. And I mean, even if you're talking about the technical specifics of any given case, more often than not, that conversation will then move on to, how's it going, Tom? And then, you know, once again, you're, I'm very happy and very comfortable talking about how it is going. But um, so I think, you know, that 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 sacrifice of the office, uh, the office lifestyle um, is something that you would certainly need to consider if you're looking to do this. Um, wider sacrifices as well. I mean, yeah, the whole concept of like abandoning a salaried, comforted, uh, you know, perked position, you know, healthcare, pension, all of that. You know, the actual physical sacrifices that you're making up there. Um Again, you know, that is, is something that I would, anyone looking at doing this, I would encourage you to think about quite carefully. Uh, we kind of made the point several times over here, but fundamentally, you know, the security that salary gives is, is you know, it's a big deal, you know. So so giving that away is, is something to think about as well. Um, and I suppose, again, socially, you know, a sacrifice, such as it would be, is the fact that you never stop thinking about the job, you know. Um, my, my dearly beloved, my other half, will often see me sort of like looking into the middle distance of an evening. So you're thinking about work again, aren't you? I'm like, yes, I am. You know, you, you it is a sacrifice. You know, you will find that this takes over your life. Uh, is that a sacrifice worth making? Well, I, I adamantly believe so, but it's definitely something to think about. And I'll throw that back at you, Tom. So I like doing this with you, to be fair. But, um, you know, you are that sort of guy who'll be thinking about work most of the time anyway, before you even started your own business. So to be fair, you know, whilst it's a little bit more important to be thinking about it. Um, nothing's probably changed that substantially in that, in that respect, has it? No, not really. Since Matt Thomas made the point there that, you know, a little earlier that, you know, providing you're looking after your customers, then your business basically self-sustains. And I 100% agree with that point. Absolutely. You know, central to this business is your relationship with your customers. And I have no doubt that the other three gents in here today take their customer relationships as seriously as I do. You know, it's, it's such a simple equation. Look after your clients, be responsive, you know. I don't get many phone calls from my clients at nine o'clock on a Saturday night, thankfully. Um, but, you know, the point is when these clients are calling up, it's not because they want to ask how Ipswich Town have done in the football, it's because the proverbials hit the fan, you know. And a decent, you know, account exec or, in my instance, director will react to that, you know. Speak to your clients, get to know them, understand their businesses, try and drive the conversation when you're seeing them for the first time, you know, like ask them questions from an insurance perspective, you know, that they might not have thought of. You know, it's it's basic homework, guys, isn't it? You know, check the websites, look at their LinkedIn posts, see what they're up to. If you know what your client's doing, then you can react to that as a as a responsible insurance professional. And most importantly, that in turn then gives your clients the confidence that you're looking after them. You know, and it's, and that's the you know, sorry, I'm waffling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely fine. I think it's a really good point and very well made. So I'm um, shifting that to you, Nathan. Um, you know, what's your thoughts on that in regards to the sacrifices and the things you have to consider other than uh, having dogs in the background uh, uh, when, you're, when you're talking? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, I think quite a lot of the, the main stuff is, is has been covered there. Is Yeah, the sacrifices of you know kind of your time and you know i'm always there kind of six seven o'clock if if a client contacts me uh, and it's that relationship of having that with the client that's what they're that's what they're after that's why they want to be with you um they don't want to they don't want to be with someone that they shut at one minute past five and and you know they've got to wait until the following monday at 901 
to get in touch with you, even if it's a not, you know, even if it isn't an urgent inquiry. It's just nice that they know that, you know, a similar relationship between, you know, myself and you and, and the rest of Momentum is if I need anything or if, if there's something niggling in the back of my head that I can just drop a message or a phone call um, and, it, and it's resolved and it just then kind of helps settle you and you can just kind of just take that breath and just relax. Um, so I think having that relationship with the clients, even though it does take up some evenings or, you know, the wife's got to pause the movie or whatever just so I can answer the phone call, um, it is that personal touch and, and you know, Clients nowadays are are just looking for that personal touch. You know, they're signing with with that relationship side, even if it's a, a, a few twenty, thirty pounds more than you know getting it online, and and they've got to sit online for half an hour trying to get through to someone. Excellent, thanks for that, Nathan. Um, Mr. Thomas, um, I seem to pick on you when it comes to your working hours, but um, yeah, but how generally, how do you see your, your working day compared to back in the days of employment? are you doing more hours um, well, or are you doing less <laughs> if i'm honest i'm doing more hours past five o'clock than i was before i've got to be honest about that um but that is counteracted by flexibility at other times so um it comes back to managing it and making sure you're available for clients um and making sure that you're you're looking after yourself as well so um in terms of a working day it's certainly not nine to five anymore um but it's uh, it's it's certainly a change. And, and we jest about the, um, the the golf and the squash, but you know you do have plenty of time to 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 look after yourself and do the things that you want to do. Yeah, I do. Yes, yeah. so um, so I can finish early. I mean, my my squash club is four o'clock on a Tuesday, so I can finish in time for that. Um, but I put the hours in elsewhere to make up for it. Um, so it, it's. As Tom said before, it's a simple simple equation. If you if you're looking after your clients, then it it, it looks after the business, doesn't it? So yeah, good. So 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 Matt, what about you and uh, Matt Meter? Sorry, what about you in regards to how you uh, structure your day and the hours you work? Yeah, so it, it's an interesting point because yesterday was a prime example. Um, I was on a train seven o'clock into London, meetings in the morning, lunch with an ex colleague client meeting in the afternoon and then dinner with a client and I got in at, at half nine. So from seven to half nine, didn't see my other half, but that's going to be flipped on its head where there'll be one day where it's a bit quiet and, and you know, we'll, we'll take a walk during the day or we'll take an extended lunch or, or finish early one day and go for dinner, you know, so it, it, it completely, you work the hours that you need to work. You know, if, it, if, if a Monday comes along and, and you think, you know what, we've not done anything together then i'll do it on a monday we'll take the day and and no problems at all so as long as you manage your calendar um but to back up matt's point i'm doing more work outside of hours than i was before but purely by choice um because i'll i'll think of something during the day um when you know and when my mind's worrying i think you know what i've got to do that out of hours because actually i can concentrate better i've not got to worry about the 5 five thirty rush for a train home from the office anymore you know i can do it outside of hours and actually the, the the quality of work is probably better because i've got no distractions no, brilliant thanks for that matt and change the conversation a little bit here is as you 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 look at the support that momentum provides you um um and regards to day to day is there anything you know what how do you value that and is there anything more that momentum could pro potentially 
provide you that would make your business even more successful than it is today? Uh, anyone going to jump in? Uh, <laughs> even more commission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've not, I've not, um, I think the thing is, I've not stumbled across an issue yet where I thought, do you know what? I, I, I could have done with that or I need that. Um, at the moment, it's all been fairly straightforward in terms of risk comes in. We have the conversation with the broken team and, and the result comes back. And if the result isn't going to come back, there's a phone call before to say, look, this is going to be a problem because of X, Y, Z. Um, so it's a difficult one to answer. But once I once I discover something, I'll let you know. Yeah. What about you, Nathan? Anything you can think of at the top of your head? No, again, I mean, just to echo what Matt said then, I haven't come across a, an issue in which I've thought that needs improvement or, um, you know, this needs changing or, or anything along those lines. So, um, I mean, it's been six months, so I think at the minute everything's been been quite kind of plain sailing and uh, no complaints or, or issues or, or amendments. Over to you, Matt Thomas. Um, how would you define success and has your business to date been a success? Well, I was giving some thought to this the other day, um, just taking a moment of reflection. And I asked my wife and I said, how am I now compared to how I was 12 months ago? And she just said, you're a totally different person, look more laid back person, generally happier. Um, and that spoke for itself to me, really, on that, that side of things. Um, obviously, numbers can be a success. You can budget and exceed budgets, but you've got to look after yourself as well. Um, and got if i've got a happy home life because of it then it's uh it's the icing on the top brilliant thanks matt nathan over to you what's your thoughts um it, it's hard to measure success in in six months um i mean the fact that i've i've set up uh, and i've done the six months and there's been no issues or no thoughts of regret or why have i done this or why have i done that um, I can I can schedule my day, week, month as as I please, uh, and it's really important to get that life and work balance, and being able to do the things that you like when you like. Um, it does come with the, the working, you know, after hours and things. But again, that's quite nice, you know, and, and you're you're in peace and quiet. Um, so, you know. Coming from someone six months into it, I would say it's it's been a great success, and wish I'd done it sooner. And I, and over to you, Matt. What about you? How do you define success? Um, I think now success looks a lot different to what I thought it would be. You know, when when I started this, and you put the business plans together, and you put figures in, and think, yeah, that that would be success. That's that's it. You've made it. But now I'm in it. I don't think that, that the finance is ever going to be enough because, you know, when you get to 100 grand premium, 500 minutes, why would you not keep pushing for more? So I think my advice to anyone would be rewrite what you think success looks like because it is mental. It is, are you enjoying what you're doing? You know, the money has to come because otherwise it's not going to be a success. But I don't think you'll ever get to a successful financial place because you're always going to want more. You're going to then employ people. So I think financially uh, mentally sorry i think you've got to put success down to are you enjoying it is it working and are you in a better headspace than you were before so yeah 12 12 weeks in i would now say it's a success brilliant thanks matt and while you're there um thinking about your longer term plans and i suppose you haven't got everything in concrete you built a business plan from day one but do you see being an ar as is your longer term plan or have you got ideas that things might look a bit differently in the future 
Um, I think I think when you, without trying to get too much into the sort of figures side, um, I think my plans are long term to be an AR. Yeah, because financially it just stacks up. You know, the the, the financial splits and things like that. When you factor the trading platform, your PI insurance, wages. Um, I think, yeah, uh, as I say, you know, I'll, I'll keep pushing, keep growing it. And, um, yeah, the plans are at the moment to stay as an AR. Excellent. Tom, what about you? Right here, right now for the short to medium term, 100% the AR model works works for me. Um, long term, um, I'm 43 now. Um, uh, I would like, you know, my goal, and it is a goal, is to retire by the time I'm 55. I have no idea whether or not that goal is attainable, but it's a goal nonetheless. So, you know, that, that that's that's the goal to aim towards. And as it stands at the moment, with, with everything working as it does with momentum and as well as it does, um, for me, absolutely the AR model, you know, uh, works alongside what I'm trying to achieve at Fox Risk Management. Brilliant. Brilliant. Mr. Matt Thomas, you? Um, I've got to be honest, I haven't looked too far into the future because I've been... Um, just concentrating on getting through these first few months but as i call it and see it now i'm enjoying the setup as it is currently um i love putting on business love renewing business momentum helps me do that so i don't see me needing to change that uh, at any sort of near or medium point in the future um but as i say i haven't thought too too far in the future yet yeah but certainly working for now and then finally um uh, nathan nathan over to you yeah, so setting up the AR model was was absolutely superb, and uh, I think, well, as as the other gents have mentioned, it's worked for all of them. Um, and when setting up, I kind of done a, a six month plan, a year plan, a five year plan, and a ten year plan. Uh, you know, as much as I could, kind of see that in the future. You know, um, I just wanted kind of some guidance or some goals that I, you know, would like to kind of where I would like to be. And in each of those goals, I remain a, an AR kind of model. So there, there is no future, or there's no plans to change in the in in the next couple of goals now. Okay, no, brilliant. And look, we move on to the very last question here, gentlemen. But so if we can try and keep that short, as we're running out of time, and I appreciate people uh, want to get on with the rest of their day. Um, so the question really is, is and and look, we've we've sort of touched on this right throughout the session, but. Um, a lot of people will sort of be on that fence, unsure about what whether that's right for them and, and, and what the next stage of their own career is. So as you can see on the screen now, is, is, is what is the one bit of advice you would give to those who are sitting on the fence, just not quite sure if they've got the right information or know whether it's actually going to work for them personally? What would you say to them? So if we could probably start with you, Matt Thomas, if that's okay. Um, I'd probably say... Think about why you're doing it. Um, think about the reasons of what you want to get out of running your own business or, or partnering with, with a principal firm, whether it's work-life balance, whether it's flexibility, financial. Um, you've really got to think it through about why you want it. Um, there's always going to be a reason why you wouldn't do it. Um, but then I would say once you've given that research, do it. Yeah, no, brilliant. Thanks, Matt. Nathan? Um, initially, if they haven't had a phone call with yourself uh, or you know anyone at Momentum, um, it, it's that you want you want that kind of reassurance that if you're sat on the fence, 
especially myself, I was thinking, is it going to work for me? Is it not going to work for me? And unless you kind of have to sit down and have that really in-depth conversation and ask ask the questions that are on your mind that would help solidify your choice in making that step and coming off the fence and, and taking it all on yourself, um, that was one of the main things for me that kind of said, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's going to work. All right, brilliant. Tom? Do your homework. Uh, speak, you know, not just to Momentum, speak to the other providers out there, speak to the other ARs. I mean, I'll speak to anyone about this at length. I love it. I'm sure the other three lads on the call are the same mindset as well. Um, you know, it's a colossal decision to make. It's absolutely enormous. But to be frank, gentlemen, if you've got to, got to the stage where you're thinking about, is this for me, then you've probably already made the decision. You know, um, you're three quarters of the way there. You know, it's, it's it's an enormous thing to do. It's absolutely overwhelming, but again, it, it's just huge. So, yeah, do your homework. Speak to people. Speak to peers. Speak to Alistair. Speak to, you know, the other um, principal firms out there running this model. Do your homework. And if after all of that, you're still thinking, should I do it, then the answer is you probably should. <laughs> Interesting approach to it. No, I like that, Tom. And finally, okay. Matt Meter. Exactly that. Took the words out of my mouth. Just pick the phone up. If you're if you've got yourself to this position, when you're speaking to people, they're only going to tell you how good it is and and how it's how it's worked. So just pick the phone up, either to yourself, get the numbers of an AR that's early stages, middle stages, five years in. Speak to them, and your questions will be answered. Yeah, no, brilliant. And I think a really good point you make there, uh, Matt, um, about talking to other people who have done it before. The only hesitancy I'll put on that is to try and talk to people who've done a similar to what you're looking to do as mm. and they needed the similar level of support or or had a similar sort of journey as yourself. So, you know, whether it be from a corporate background, a provincial broker, gone through a recent consolidation, that's a really, really good point. My thanks once again to our four broker partners who shared their experiences on how they started their own insurance brokerage with us here at Momentum. If you'd like to discuss this further, be it over the phone, video call or email, just get in touch by following the links in the podcast description. Keep your eyes peeled for our next 101 and join me in a couple of weeks for our next Momentum Meets episode here on your preferred podcast platform.